0: How about you? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. Thanks,
1: Thanks Ben, for uh, coming, um, um, making the time for our third episode. So, um, fellow listeners, so we have gone now on uh, the third ride. Uh, this is our third episode for The Collapse Before The Collapse. Um, and so far, I think it has been pretty fun.
0: Ben, what do you think so far? Oh, it's been fantastic, yeah. Fun, great, great thinking these things through with someone else and thinking we might be opening the circle so to speak to others who might want to think about these things too most
1: definitely most definitely i feel if you had any feedback on um on some of what we just talked about or is this still in a vacuum <laughs> 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 what we're talking about.
0: yeah i mean uh, all of these things are so so intertwined um but uh th- this week um mm. I, I was invited to uh, a Seder with a, a part of the Jewish community and uh, it, w- it was a great kind of echoing of all sorts of things that you and I were talking about too in terms of community and history and transformation and thinking about you know, gratitude and freedom and all of these nice big ideas but thinking about what they mean in our in our daily lives as well so it was it was really nice
1: yeah that's uh, that's pretty cool and it kind of shows like this theme is is something that revolves around what we've been talking about the interconnectedness of 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 communities and just people right Mm. like religion um, or just background like they I, I need to find like those those key metrics in which mm. i mean you can't really quantify but it's interesting to human values is mm. something that um is i think it's a great example to show like you know it's not just one tribe or one mm. religious group you know mm. that we mentioned the Bahai faith but this is something that can apply to everyone which you, you clearly listed like you clearly uh stated like in our second episode on how no, this is not just a one one group thing. It's something that every hmm. every community. Um, something's universal across different religious groups. So uh, it's pretty cool to hear that. Um, so I mean, just diving into this episode, I I kind of you know hope and wish that uh, you know based on some of the the, the feedback I I got, uh, um, supposedly it's like you know. If, it'd be great to have uh, kind of an example on,
0: mm.
1: on how we kind of um, how we went through the process if there's a way that there's a similar situation where you know someone might have been exposed to something different mm-hmm. that made him to start thinking about made him hard to start thinking about you know um, like 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 just like transformation, like the main themes that we talk about, like transformation, um, you know, re- um, you know, disintegration and uh, re- reintegration simultaneously. But mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think all these things together, it's, it's in some way, in some kind of leads to um, organic change. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I mean, based on our last episode, we we're talking about this kind of these micro steps that we can take as individuals, but also as communities. So. I felt like this episode, if we could actually uh, discuss or kind of uh, expand on one of the experiences that I think you spent a lot of uh, mm-hmm. months and years to uh, to build, uh, develop the young people uh, that you worked with, but also learn a lot about the value of community, I think that would be a great way to kind of give people some context in terms mm-hmm. of that what we have been talking about in the last few episodes. I think that'll be a, kind of a, a good transition to go from, from where we are in based on of like theory and just concepts, but something that's applicable. So mm. please, uh, Ben, take the floor. I think we'll just, just like run runoff, like how did you get into this youth program? Um, what mm. was like the, what motivated you? Or was it like a one-off event that made you curious about it or uh, just uh, kind of the intro, how did you get
0: involved in this? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, these, these, uh, these youth empowerment programs, um, that the the Baha'i community has been involved with for a while now. Um, uh, I, I, I just, uh, started, uh, participating in one of these uh, study circles. They call them these, these study circles that are, inv- you know, inviting anybody to come in and, and participate. And really what it is, is, is kind of a, a, a small group of people who are reading through some prepared materials that draw a lot on the Baha'i teachings and the Baha'i writings uh, and are trying to think about what what are the what are the implications of these ideas? Um, but, uh, there, there's a series of these, these, uh, books, uh, that lead to these kinds of conversations, but also the whole point is what, what kind of, what kind of action should this bring about so that we're not just, you know, sitting around talking. Um, and, uh, and, uh, one of the, one of the books though is, is focused on junior youth, uh, which is this group of people in the world all over the place between the ages of usually around 11 to 14 or 15 and yeah and it it really uh it's interesting i think that it's focused on just these four or five years in in people's lives of course there are other you know community endeavors and projects and programs for people of all ages as well and even children but I I thought it was interesting that this age group was the focus of one and what, what stood out I think to me in the beginning was a lot of the things that are being discussed are really just applicable to every human being. But knowing that this kind of window of time is one where people are really, I think, asking a lot of questions about who they are, about the environment that they're in, about their family about the dynamics they're they're seeing amongst their friends um they're they're transforming a lot right like they're they're coming out of this age of childhood and uh starting to gain some sort of maturity and and deeper awareness and uh, you know all, all of these things that we know because <laughs> we've yeah. all gone through this this period but it's it's a confusing period of time and can also be very difficult to pass through um, but but the, 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 some core of the program and there, there's so much to share of course but uh, it, it really was about how this is a group of people who in some sense has always been neglected I would say that they're uh, you know wait until they're older you know oh my gosh you're, you're a middle school teacher how do you do that you know like they 're crazy like it's so easy to say those things about this age group and and yet uh, part of what the materials uh, explore is that th- this is such a, a time when uh, so many things can be decided that can shape the rest of your life you know yes, like you're, exactly. you're still you're still young. Uh, and you're, you're not like solidified, maybe uh, as much as you would be later in life. And so you, you do have a lot of choices. But um, I, I, I think the, the material really struck me because it, it starts out very big. It talks about what what is the scope of the change we want to see in the world? You know, it's asking what is the magnitude of the transformation that we're imagining? And I think it encourages us to on one side expand our thinking to go beyond maybe what we can readily do by ourselves but kind of in a discussion to say like wow maybe maybe it's not just a a tweaking of the existing system maybe we can imagine a world that's entirely different Mm -hmm. um and the this age group can be and probably will be the source of the most change in society because of what they are experiencing in themselves you know I I think it calls out that this age group is maybe sensitive to injustice in a way that uh, can help us see uh, the injustice that we might not be seeing you know like they're, they're sensitive to how they're being treated and uh and maybe how other people are being treated and that's a strength you know and so knowing that they're also partly a product of their own surroundings we don't need to to blame them or or make them the source of the problem it's actually them probably reflecting things that they've learned from us (laughs) and and it helps us kind of mirror they they kind of serve as a mirror for ourselves i think for our own learning as well i mean there are a
1: couple of things that uh just uh, based on what you have said so far is pretty intriguing so i think one is you know these kids were uh, uh at a disadvantage um uh, position and by that nature is like what happened before they even got to that position right like mm-hmm. what was the what were some of the uh or if i may say um um some of the failures, if I'm maybe extreme, that led to this outcome, right? I mean, that's something that we can go as deeper as we can get on that. Mm-hmm. But I think also what you kind of mentioned that was very interesting was like, you no, know, these kids as a mirror of of what we are, they are also in a stage where you know, based on biology, they're growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, mm-hmm. you know, also like there's a psychological, there's also like a uh, intellectual and physical development, but uh, from our perspective as grown-ups, we have achieved the physical and uh, tentatively intellectual. But there's this uh, psychological processing that we can we <clears throat> we might have uh, uh, adopted different uh, kind of exp- adopted different sets of processes and thinking uh, attitudes that uh hasn't really conformed to what we consider as community building right Right. and using them as think, like it's like an embryo embryo from a something that we can see but maybe what we need as what we are going through right now is something that we cannot see Mm. but it requires a similar transformation that you actually mentioned from the kids right like these kids are a physical example of what we actually have to change in our minds that we can see right right and and I, I like that i mean i just made this comparison but I, I think that's a very it shows like there's there's something that has to change as a developer as as kids how, how kids develop mm. like this is something that is a very it's a very uh innate um but also um something that is within ourselves. That requires a lot of transformation, and we need that nurturing. We need that the nurturing that you gave this case, which I think we'll go into mm-hmm. later, for that process to be fully achieved, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I think those those are really good indicators before diving into like the details of it. But one thing: shout out to everybody that is working with mm-hmm. young kids out there, providing the providing that time and getting less space. Some of them even getting no brain to actually help uh develop the next generation basically and you know provide them with the right resources not just in terms of money but also the time and also the advice so i think this is a very good example of how you can actually add value without providing adding uh, dollars to it Mm -hmm. so i I think that's something that we have to be we have to you know give praise to people that have committed themselves to that and that continue to do that especially during times like this so um I, I really like what you kind of like the foundation you laid in terms of how that like, i think going forward it's like you had this book i think you we talked about not the book but like the the framework that you guys mm. came up with mm. right how who wrote the do you know who wrote the who wrote that manual if, if i can say and how did it come up like who what was the
0: original yeah that? yeah no that's a that's a great question um so so I, I think, well, the reason I see it as being a great question is because of the way it has come to be. The, the, the resources are, are still evolving um, and have been evolving over a long period of time. And um, wh- what I think makes this these resources so unique is it wasn't just like a group of scholars or academics who sat down and said, okay, we think this age group is really important and we want to make them uh, better <laughs> uh, or, or something like that it, 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 it was um, it, it was through actually decades of, of experience um, largely in, in the beginning some of the this in like learning system that has been developed, uh, largely came out of Colombia uh, down in uh, you know South America and so uh, and, and it wasn't uh, just drafted out of the blue it, 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 it came out of what kinds of conversations were already happening in the community and trying to uh, learn from those and so I don't think I mean I could be entirely wrong but I, I don't think there were any books for quite a while um, and then once they started developing these books, they were changing them all the time, and it was the community who was involved in this. And so, yeah, it, it's it's, uh, it's organic, you know, again, like we're talking about organic change, organic transformation. That also requires kind of an organic learning process where it, it's not uh, maybe I have a theory, now let me go implement it. It's not I have this idea that I am particularly tied to because it's mine, and I'm going to go out and prove that this formula works or this method is the solution. You know, and the reason I'm kind of characterizing other things like that is it, there's been a fair amount of that in the world is, is, um, you know, I think I was referring in the past to different social and economic development programs or even just the whole endeavor of social and economic development has had these kinds of colonial attitudes or uh if you don't want to call them colonial they are kind of an insider outsider split um you know you've got people from some other country maybe coming into another and saying this is what you got to do Uh, and you got to follow our economic policies and the calculations that we have and if you just follow this step by step it's all going to be fixed. Um, But but then we know that that's also been historically a failure as well for a number of reasons but so again with with this actual uh, creation of these materials uh I, I think the very first draft that I personally saw of these junior youth uh, this junior youth training was um, probably I think about 15 years ago and wow. um, I think in the past year or two they've kind of finalized uh, the materials and are, are have been publishing them of course we've been you know, distributing drafts as they've come out as, as people have been working with them but um it, it's been uh edited and based on people's experiences around the world so it, it transcends just colombia of course and now it's it's drawing on you know thousands upon thousands of participants uh and uh yeah kind of pulling pooling that knowledge together and so it, it, it's a it's a pretty pretty cool collective endeavor
1: yeah i mean it sounds like a wikipedia right <laughs> i mean people have uh different uh, and, and, right like people kind of i mean not like random people but i think it's kind of more self-selective mm-hmm. i mean to wikipedia to self collective in some degree, um, but adds to like the information on how to but i think things change with time but also mm-hmm. like um, as you said this is an organic process. And I, I think just to kind of give a reference to listeners, I think some people might think the conversations we had in the first two episodes and the second episode that we talked a lot about, um, to, to some extent, about economic development. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I really love this episode because one thing that hopefully they can get out of this is that this this is possible, right? But we have to go with the right uh, uh, framework. Uh, uh, based on the and as we extend this example that we'll talk mm-hmm. today but also um, thinking about the people we're trying to serve and just being very humble about how the idea sourcing is coming but also the application process that requires a lot of uh, reiteration and uh, constant just a constant feedback because it's like a loop rather than just like a direct one directional mm-hmm. approach. so I think uh, based on how you describe the book, and I think it seems it seems as though it's a it's an organic system that has a feedback mechanism, mm-hmm. right? That yes. uh, addresses um,
0: back and forth. Do you still contribute to the book, the latest edition? Um, I, so, yeah. I mean, I w- I wouldn't say I have directly uh, contributed, maybe more than you know, pointing out some typos, but I I think. Um, <laughs> Um, but but uh, you know having having been involved in in the program itself and uh, so so what what they call the people who are trying to help start and facilitate these youth groups they call them animators because mm-hmm. they they wanted to use a term that wasn't just like teacher or instructor or leader yeah. or even facilitator because uh the the whole idea behind animating is that the energy the the qualities all the great worth of junior youth is already there and so it it, it's just like helping bring that energy helping bring that uh you know uh already existent nobility of youth forward and helping them find ways to Put into practice their, their ideals. And, you know, as they're reflecting about different spiritual ideas, what, what might that look like in the, again, their, their own daily life. And so it's, it's very, it's meant to be practical and, and it's not to say it's easy either, but it's, uh, it's again, trying to carry out in that organic way, uh, a supportive environment that, um, that they're the, the protagonists, they're the, at the forefront. And, you know, you know, I, I, I often hear like, oh, the youth are the leaders of tomorrow. Um, I I started saying the youth are leaders right now. And we actually need to bring even these young, young kids into the conversations that adults are having about what is wrong with our community. <laughs> uh, you know, um, there, there's so many interesting stories i heard from different parts of the world where youth uh, even just by their actions were participating in these conversations and having you know meaningful meaningful impacts in in their own you know neighborhoods and, and apartment buildings and things like that um so, yeah I, I mean just to elaborate on that
1: i mean the times we're in right now is, is very, uh, is unprecedented. And I think one of the main uh, concerns is like you have youths that uh, asymptomatic carriers, so like they don't show symptoms, but they can actually be, um, they can actually be, uh, they can actually be the source of, the, they can be the host of this uh, virus to the older generation, mm-hmm. right? And one of the main. Uh, um, uh, ways that i mean from government officials to local communities like trying to prevent um contacts with young and old but it it seems as though the young actually have more power mm, in terms of how to mitigate Mm. this right and i'm going back to your point saying that if you don't address the youth as the people that can make a difference today as we see as today it's something that uh is self-evident now like we have to really make them to believe that they are the ones in charge of how everything will turn out. For, for example, this pandemic, but also you know, other global challenges that might be thinking of like climate change, uh, nuclear proliferation, all these other macro things that we always think, you know, we have to have you know, two degrees, you have to work 10 years. You know, most of these things are very busy. Right. Like, it has to give power to the people now. And I like that reference it gives, like, the young people are the are the leaders of today uh rather than you know this is a process where they have to go through to become they they actually in charge so i i really like that i think um that kind of i mean let's kind of go deeper here so uh once you had that once you saw that um kind of um that way of thinking how was the so now we're still talking broad terms but what was it like with the other people you were in the program? So, by the way, let's go back. Like, what was this program? I think people are trying to find, figure out, like, the geographical location. Oh, yeah. Where...
0: Yeah, I, so my, my personal participation uh, in the program uh, started on the Navajo Nation uh, in Arizona um, in the U.S. And um, that's when I first saw the materials and... It was, it was quite new to me and I think to the area as well. And, um, but since then I've also um, been involved in Colorado and Florida and in the Boston area in Massachusetts as well. Um, but in Florida I was kind of more widely involved in five states in the South there uh, trying to, you know, help help the learning process and uh, encourage people to kind of learn firsthand what what is it like. How how do you even start these groups? Um, where how do you engage with junior youth in a in a meaningful way, especially if maybe you don't even know them. Um, and and so so that that's an interesting aspect of it too is like you know this isn't meant for just bahais or something this isn't meant for any particular group i guess this 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 program is focused on a group of an age category but it, it it's all about like widening our circles of unity i guess it's it's about yeah not seeing others as others, (laughs) you know, it's, I don't know. I I think imagining ourselves in this circle or like the, we, an unavoidable web, right. Of interconnections. Like that, that's not my own phrase, but like, I, you know, these are ideas that are echoing throughout our history uh, but the way we we put them into practice is, is very important because, you know, I think that's what we're seeing now too is uh, if we actually perceive people as different or other than us, we're already at a, 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 a limitation. We're already, yeah, we're, we're held back because some some part of us is is keeping them separate and how could we possibly have a systematic process of learning if we're not inviting people or we're not welcoming or we're not actually uh, kind to them because uh, otherwise the implication is that we think they don't have something to offer or that I have more important things to offer than them (laughs) that's true that's definitely true and I mean
1: and just even go deep dive deep in that I think one thing that that has been a common theme around uh, within our three episodes is unity to some yeah. degree right unifying um, our sense of purpose unifying our communities unifying ourselves of self like self-awareness and also unifying ourselves towards organic change which is like uh, uh, kind of the final piece of the puzzle but also, uh, uh, it's it, it's it's a collective um, reinforcement of who we are as people, mm. right? Um but just thinking about how this organization is kind of uh, an example of organic change. I'm actually curious on how you you saw value, like how how was the culture when you got into it? What was the mindset? Because I think for things like this, culture has a huge role to play. I believe mm. on how uh the strategies have been assigned how the financials have been mm. assigned you know how operations function and i think culture you know, say in this reference is like how do we how do people think about things what do they value the most mm. right mm. um and i think that actually kind of will summarize a lot about what we are trying to get out of this podcast because about this uh, on, um, on some of the episodes that we'll be talking about right what how can we build a new culture right and what was the culture you saw in this organization that was so impactful that led you to work with them for this time period move from state Mm -hmm. to state i think that's something a lot of listeners be curious about
0: yeah yeah i i think um well for me personally a lot of it really does have to do with the the like this humble attitude of learning to know that no, no one person has the answers, um, to, to know that, uh, therefore our putting into practice of whatever we think we understand about the program is also limited. (laughs) We, we know we're not doing it right. And that, that was kind of strangely empowering. You know, it it wasn't like, uh uh-oh, I'm gonna mess up (laughs) uh uh, uh oh i I better do everything the way everyone else is doing i mean which is interesting like this is an interesting aspect of of unity and transformation though because how do you remain unified if you're also supposed to be encouraging uh creativity and individuality and diversity like how, how do you how do you do these things simultaneously? And I think, again, that can only be discovered eventually, gradually, as we try. <laughs> you know, yes. uh, so I I don't I wouldn't say that the people involved are putting it into practice perfectly. And I think they would, everyone would readily say, yes, of course, like we're not doing it right. <laughs> if if it was, yes. we'd be doing much better, but. but because we are uh trying to be humble in that learning attitude uh it, it means that we're incrementally gaining knowledge we are systematic learners we are reflecting on the actions that we're taking so that it's not just you know reformulating our ideas hopefully it's more about well this is what we've done what 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 went well, you know? (laughs) Uh, That basic, like what went well? What what could we improve? Like that—that's not unique solely to this program, but I I do think uh, the the spiritual underpinnings of it is what makes it unique. That that again helps us focus back on the unity of humanity, the oneness of the human world. You know that we are above all these, you know separations and differences we are all still people and learning how to again enrich and bring forward uh the existing beauty and knowing that it's the diversity that creates that beauty uh is is kind of the the underlying approach i think
1: Yeah, know it's perfect and i think um i mean it's, uh, it's a very good way to to, to understand limitation versus, you know, just, uh, plain ignorance. Mm-hmm. Right. I think, um, not being aware. I think one thing of knowing that you can't do it I think it is different from, uh, just assuming that there is the least, that's the most you can do. Right. So, um, I think that's a very good way that, um, this program actually provided a platform for growth at the same time, um, on uh, being uh, interdependent on one another, to build an organization that empowers the main stakeholders, which were the youth, but also provide an opportunity for people to learn and grow in the Mm -hmm. process, right? Um, I think something that's exemplary of what we have to be thinking about as a society from now on, that what makes us great is how we identify our weaknesses, but also identify the strengths within ourselves as well as within others to build and amplify uh, uh, some of the good that can come as a community, right? Um, but, you know, one thing that I think many of the listeners might be interested in is, like, how, <clears throat> once you started the this work, what were, uh, I want to say, like, the things that surprised you on how, how uh, exemplary this uh, frame, framework of, of 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 interact with one another and trying to build one another up and kind of um being a i would say a guide or an animator for this youth what made you really um i mean you're probably touched a little bit but what made you really um fascinated by the process why you were doing the work right and maybe gave you the the push to move ahead with the work you know to move to different states and stuff like what was the surprises along the way what were some of the inspiration what were some of the like no kind of if you can touch on any of that or just one of that I think uh, it'd it'd be great yeah
0: yeah absolutely um yeah I think there's there's so much that that could potentially be shared um and um I I think I think for me uh what what part of what moved me forward was helping i so so i i was partly involved with um going out into communities uh helping try and find neighborhoods that might have you know junior youth <laughs> and yeah uh it, it was a real big personal stretch. Um, it was not something that came easily to me. It was not natural for me to uh, talk with youth that I didn't know or even just people in general that I didn't know, you know. It it, it was um, it was amazing though to to find when I did just try to put anything into words and to connect and just to share or, or really it was just to see like do do any of these ideas stand out to you do you have any any feelings about the oneness of humanity yourself <laughs> what does that mean to you or what what are the challenges you're facing in your community or what, whatever the conversation led to I I was just amazed by uh how many people already resonated with these basic spiritual ideas? You know, like it, and and you know, in some cases, it was it was communities that were largely Christian or uh, or, or just no particular religious background. Like it, and it was just really interesting to me to see that even just thinking about these concepts we were surprised to find how much we already had in common. And, and especially when these conversations were happening with junior youth, like not that it always started out that deep, but just for them to see like me striking up a conversation with them, uh, showing interest in what they thought, like this a lot of times seemed, strange to them but also kind of um like fun it was almost like finally somebody's asking me something (laughs) you know like somebody seems to be showing some sort of care or interest in in what i i think or what i perceive in my own community and that was another unique aspect of the program too is like this wasn't a, a program that was like okay let's leave your neighborhood or let's leave the city or let's go into this building somewhere and start studying something and then after a few weeks we'll send you back and you go start up the program yourself this this was much more about their own neighborhood like where they had friends where their family was where they were growing up and thinking about that environment and having the program in their environment and so that was again this like duality of their own individual transformation happening simultaneously with the environment outside of them and seeing the the you know organic nature of the, those two things like it, you can't separate those from each other right and definitely, and, definitely and that, that was that was amazing to me to to see uh, their their interest in that way um, so yeah that yes. was just the first thing that came to mind I guess
1: <laughs> well, I mean it's, it's I mean it's it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty uh, it's pretty interesting that you actually you online these um, surprises or like these findings in a very interesting and I think just point out to uh, listeners I think something that I'll just try to kind of online that I think is, is very fascinating based on what you just shared was one uh, uh, you have to get yourself out there um, I think that's something you echoed in the beginning of the of this um, um, like it's kind of like an enlightenment phase. Things that you have to take yourself and expose yourself, and at this point in time in our uh, in our world today, we have been forced forced to expose ourselves, um, and I think that's the first step. Like if you don't get yourself out there, you don't get you don't get to experience that in the first place, right? And I think something that I also mentioned that is pretty fascinating is that. These systems that we're trying to build, we don't have to start from scratch. There's already some innate mm-hmm. connections that um, we just have to find. It, like, there has to be like a some connection uh, from a human mm-hmm. level and some mutual respect that you might ignite. Hopefully, ignite these connections that already yeah. existed. Uh, because it, it sounds like it's a heavy load if you want to build something from the ground. It's a huge investment. But from what you just shared, and something that I, f- I felt uh, is very important, that um, uh, that you know we can kind of talk a little bit more about is these connections are there. It's just that we lacked that human connections to to, to ignite, um, uh, to activate them. If I can say to activate. It's just like it's kind of dormant. But as you said, you talk to some of these youths, you saw... It's like they're waiting for... They're like, oh yeah, someone's asking this question. It's like they had this unanswered questions and had this... Um, uh, I don't want to say dilemma, but they had this unresolved yeah. um, facets of what is, what is... What does it mean to be me? What does it mean to be a society? To contribute to my society? And you just kind of... You met that need, mm. right? And I think that's so critical when we talk about organic change because there has to be... I mean, you it's like a chemical reaction. There has to be some some catalyst to kind of spread that reaction. But once it gets um, started, you can just, you know... Um, I think scientists would say effervescence. Like, you will... The, the reaction will be like almost spontaneous and create that result all you want. So... I just want to lay that out there for our listeners because I think there are so many interesting things that you mentioned that kind of give um, a more broader and a more um, interesting um, out uh, outlook and, and especially an internal look on how we as humans always think about building some of these constructs. Sometimes it's just something that we just need to put a little bit more effort and everything kind of goes by itself
0: that's beautiful yeah Yeah, i love the way you said that yeah it's already there you know it's it's already there but we act like it isn't and that holds us back you know and and i I think that's the nature of creativity to kind of go back to the theme of of this particular podcast session right is like the the nature of creativity is one where like there this is a, a big question for people who want to be creative in the world. they They ask like, "How can I do it?" Um, there are so many things that block me from from doing it. Uh, and and my, myself yes. included. And we're We're all kind of victims of this. Like how can we feel so passionate and yet not bring these things to fruition? because there are so many forces working against us but I, I do think that's a very empowering kind of way of thinking about it like you said like that there's already an existing foundation but the 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 blank piece of canvas is really intimidating <laughs> you know as a painter i don't know how i'm gonna start that's beautiful. right like it's like i don't know what me. like, i mean i Uh, but some, most of the time I'm, I'm, I find that that my approach to blank canvas helps me think about my approach to my own life. But like, if I just take a, a step or if I just take a few strokes, I'm now in motion a little bit and, you know, things more, more, there's more possibility, uh, just that, that very basic practical step of, of just trying uh, it is one one positive approach to to creativity. Um, so, that, yeah,
1: Definitely. exactly. I, mean, I like the, the analogy of a, of a painter. Um, I think in the beginning it can be. I just give a small example. I, I reached out to Professor today about a, a project, mm-hmm. and I told him mm-hmm. I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know where to. I don't know what to yeah. do. And he told me that just add somewhere <laughs> just <that>. yes, <laughs> just, just that something. Then everything will, will, play out. I was like, wow, I can just start anywhere because I was, I was thinking like this is so huge, and I just kind of overwhelmed by it, and I almost gave up. And he said just that and I think it kind of, I maybe mean, as a painter is a very, int- I think it's a better analogy because. It's just a white canvas, and you're like, Should I start with the sides, the edges, or should I start Mm. in the middle? Should I draw the future, or should I draw the nature Mm. side of it? No. So uh, I love that analogy. I I think it kind of encompasses that initiation Mm. phase Mm. um, that is so critical because if that doesn't happen, there's a lot that might not come to fruition. And just going back to why I can remember when we, before we, thought about starting this podcast do you remember we have been talking about it (laughs) for yeah for for many years and I just want to say out to listeners that please um if you have something you want to start please just start Mm. it I think that builds um uh with time you'll be able to kind of um you know you know I start applying the different ideas and thoughts I think it's a very exemplary of how we have now been on uh, we're now going on our third episode Mm. um and it's, it's linked to something that we can actually share with the world. And, I mean, Ben has been very generous to share his thoughts and ideas and provided the platform for at least me to come in and share this interesting thoughts that he had his, his, in his mind. <laughs> and, and now he's it's, it's coming to something that, I mean, there were people from China that would listen to our episode, episode two. It was like, why in China? <laughs> it's just so fascinating. So. I, I like that analogy. I'm just like going there to kind of uh, summarize our this podcast. Um, well, it's both
0: of us, Jake. It's both of us. <laughs> no, no. This, this is not, This 95 you <laughs> <5%, laughs> So generous.
1: Yeah, fair value. That's a fair value for this. Yeah, yeah. That's a fair value. But uh, I, I think just kind of for us to kind of give. Um, if you want to kind of sum it up, like kind of summarize this podcast, like can you give us like a real example of a person that you, you were touched by this program or, you know, um, something that before you loved, or maybe you're still in touch with someone or an aspect of the program that made you realize that, wow, this is, this, this not only transformed these kids, but transformed me and also transformed society like a, and you know, you would definitely, not to mention specific needs, but something that stood out to you and kind of give you the sense of like, this is it, this is how we need to do this. This is how we have to think about organic change, um,
0: transformation, building our society. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I, I was lucky to, to hear other people's stories too from around the world and, and the different ways that the, the program was, you know, coming into fruition and evolving and and things like that. But, um, maybe what, well, what for my personal experience, um, and just to relate it to everything that we've, we've been talking about in this particular episode was, um, I, I, this was down in Florida where, um, I was taking a group of, of people who were, who were, Going through the materials to learn how to work with the junior youth, and uh, because this was all based in experiential learning, like actually going out and doing it while they were still in training, um, we we were uh, ex- exploring a neighborhood that I thought might be a good place to have uh, a group if if people were interested, if the young people were interested, and there was this. Um, young man there who uh, was from Jamaica, had been living in the States for I don't know how long at that point, um, but uh, he he just opened up very quickly and really wanted to dive into the these materials because he was amazed how much they matched what he already thought and what he already believed. And it, it was these, these concepts about the oneness of humanity, the oneness of religion, the, the, the significance of youth in, in shaping uh, society right now. And uh, I, I think he was even in his early 20s um, at, at that time. But it, it, it was so interesting to, to see how how much he wanted to to get into this material but was saying that he's definitely the only person in the neighborhood who would think like this because he I mean the way he characterized it was like you know there's there were a lot of you know there was a lot of drugs drug dealing uh, a fair amount of violence in the neighborhood and community and he's like there's just no way that other people are thinking about this. But we, as we, we continued having these conversations and, and met like pretty regularly um, every week, uh, he started talking about this with his friends who would come around. And um, he, he was surprised to see that even these guys who he described as being like super hard, you know, like these are intense guys to be around yeah, uh, yeah. He, he, he was like they were they were like it wasn't just that they were agreeing with him, but that they had ideas of their own about it, and that these kinds of things were important to them too. And he he didn't know really what to make of that. Like he first of all, he was surprised that it wasn't just him who was thinking this way. But then he was asking himself questions like well how are these guys living this way and and yet i would point out to him like look you're you're befriending everybody (laughs) you're not necessarily participating in all of the things that they are but even if if even if you were like look these, these conversations relate to all of us and i think we're all wondering how do we how do we live in this world? You know, these these big questions are are out there, and a lot of people are are feeling it, especially if if yes. we're facing any sort of difficulties or or especially injustices or whatever it might be. So there there's like you said, there's already a foundation of connection between people, and it was just his simple opening up that uh, led to you know, him talking more and more with these guys (laughs) throughout his neighborhood. And he he eventually got inspired and wanted to um, include this kind of thinking in his his rapping. Like he he did a fair amount of rap on his own, but then he made it a conscious and intentional choice to try and, and bring some of this in, into his own, uh, you know, creative output of, of rap and stuff like that. So, that that I thought was really cool to see because he he showed me that it was there that people were already um, uh, receptive to these kinds of things and had had desires for a different kind of world too.
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: I mean, that's
1: that's a real life example of organic change, right? And that comes from. Uh, an outsider who was very willing and modern, uh, able to to work uh, as a co-creator with local participants who had already uh, had this developed uh, development of interconnectedness with his community, and he built that system in a way that he built the initiation phase that you gave him into a new system using a resource that he already had as wrapping, mm. Mm. so change the perspective of how people value themselves as well as a, a society. So I think uh, a great summary is like, you know, one is um, one is like we, we have some of the ingredients that is necessary to create organic change um, and w- what I mean by that uh, and kind of we have talked a lot about is, you know, one is just the um, the ability to 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 connect with one another, especially in our communities, the um, ability to take the risk. I mean, we all sometimes are afraid of making drastic changes or even interacting with community. But uh, based on your story, and I think a lot of listeners can see, um, can we can see themselves in you. It's like you know, sometimes you just have to take the risk, and I think all of us are capable to some degree to take risk in a very sensible way, especially in times like this, for for change. Uh, and long-term change and sometimes we might be pushed into it or sometimes we might be just uh, unwillingly pushed into it but at some point we have to be able to take that first step and that initial phase culminates into co co cohabitating with people within our society to create or to develop or build on those existing networks that we had but we didn't activate and that by itself, small changes like that can lead to long-term development and also societal change it's hard you said it's really i think you mentioned somewhere it's hard right it's not well we don't expect something that is uh, um will happen all of a sudden right um but i think kind of how you have shaped the story how you started off with with providing the the context to which you talked about the the man uh, the um the slabs to some degree of how you guys developed uh, the curriculum, if I can say that, um, was indicative of this community uh, community work, right? I think that's how we have to be thinking about this. One thing that I actually uh, I want to kind of mention, I think maybe you can end with also like a very good quotation if you have one, or any interesting song or something that people can look and reference to when you think about this episode. But I think one that stood out of me was. When one presidential candidate was running for office, and he said, you know, a voice can change a room, and if you can change a room, you can change a city. If you can change the city, you can change the state, mm. and if you can change the state, you can change the world. And I think that was a very interesting kind of uh, build-up, but it kind of shows like the incremental changes that you can start and initiate in the society, and you definitely, to some degree, realize that people agree with you. Um, to a point where you can actually transform how Mm. most people in the world think about certain situations. And I like that systemic, not systemic, sorry, the the step-by-step approach, because it's more, I think, it's a very feasible, it seems as, for me, a very feasible and practical way that Mm. we can create kind of change. So to you, Ben, can give us, like, the final note? Because I know you uh, (laughs) are, I mean, we are co cohort, but you are the boss of this podcast, so... You have to end this podcast, and and so please leave us with a note and maybe sure, any encouraging words
0: sure. Well, one one quote that um, uh, often comes to mind around these topics, and I'll probably continue to mention it in different ways, um, comes from Shoghi Effendi, who is uh, uh, one of the key figures in the in the Baha'i faith, and. Um, in a, in a letter he wrote he, he's talking about how um the the refinement of one's own character one's inner qualities uh like the virtues that we can reflect in the world and the the and acts of service to humanity are inseparable they cannot be separated in any way they they go hand in hand. You can't do one without the other. But um, I'll, I'll let the quote speak for itself, but uh, it's, it goes like this. Um, we, we cannot segregate the human heart from the environment outside us and say that once say that once one of these is reformed, everything will be improved. Uh, humanity is organic with the world. His inner life molds the environment and is itself also deeply affected by it the one acts upon the other and every abiding change in the life of humanity is the result of these mutual reactions yes i love that because it's talking about lasting change abiding change in the life of humanity can only come by molding the environment that we're in, but also recognizing that we are shaped by the environment. And we must reform both ourselves and our communities and the institutions around us and all of these different systems, but we can't just focus on one and expect the rest to change. It's a iterative process, right? Yes, that's, that's a beautiful
1: uh, way to end this episode. Um, we want to thank our listeners for being um, very diligent. Uh, like, uh, this is our third episode. We love uh, to hear your feedback. We love to hear some of your thoughts based on what we have discussed um, or maybe direction that we can take the podcast to. Any recommendations, we really welcome. Um, and we love to hear um, anything you guys have to, uh, to. say. Have to say in reference to this, so yeah. thank you so much, Ben. Thank you, Jacob. This was uh, this as was always, great thank you. With you again.
0: yeah
1: Yes, this is beautiful. Okay, guys, mm-hmm. see you guys in the next episode. Uh, we'll come up with some, um, uh, bring to you guys very in- interesting conversations moving forward. And we appreciate you from the bottom of our hearts. So stay safe, be healthy, and we'll see you guys. In-